everybody. Welcome back to Wicked Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. I'm your co-host, Tracy. And on tonight's show, we have uh, some friends of ours who had an experience um, where you lived. Yes, a gaggle of girls, actually. Right. And uh, we used some new technology. We used uh, Zoom, which worked out really great. Uh, we had a meeting. Uh, there's five of us all together. So um, it sounded great. And we really appreciate those guys coming on. But um, the area that they're talking about is Avon Cemetery in Queen, Arkansas. And they both had uh, experiences there. It was um, interesting the way that it came up last year, my uh my high school class had the their 35th class reunion and I was unable to attend. And so I was catching up on Facebook with all the ch- uh, people talking about what was going on. And one of the girls posted, I can't believe we all had the same experience. We need to tell Tracy and Mike uh, because they knew about our wicked garden podcast. So we reached out to them and said, Hey, you guys want to come on and tell this story. And the interesting thing is they individually, Two groups of people, so it was two groups of people, it wasn't individuals, had gone out to the Avon Cemetery and had the exact same experience and had never talked about it 35 years ago when we were in high school. It just came out at the reunion, and it gave them all chills, and they were very kind enough to share it with us tonight. Yeah, and as we are in this uh, little period here with uh, what we got going on in the world, um, we we really need some viewers uh, or listener submissions and i put a call out yesterday for a couple of them on the facebook stuff and i'm going to put one out again uh, on twitter today um you know you guys have experiences everybody's got paranormal experiences you don't have to come on and tell your name your address and your social security number you know just come on um you know share it with us you know the show a big part of the show is what you guys make it so if you have some stuff come forward, and these guys were, were kind enough to do so um, because, you know, we're kind of limited in how we can get out and how we can do interviews and how we can investigate. <laughs> but right Zoom now. worked really well. And, yeah. and one of the things we failed to do miserably on Zoom because I was so excited to see my friends from high school, we didn't even talk about who they were. So I do want to do a, a quick introduction before we get into the yeah. uh, interview. So uh, we had uh, Cheryl Irvin Bills join us. She is actually a published author. She has, she and her brother have published two books so far in a three book series. Uh, They are religious mysteries and extremely, extremely well written. It's the Last Rose series and they're available on Amazon. You can also just Google the Last Rose series by Cheryl Irvin Bills and John Irvin. And that's Irvin with an I. Yeah, and we'll also put links to the sh- yep. to uh, those publications in the show notes. Yep, and so. uh, these are these are girls that I have known since I was in the first grade. <laughs> so so introduce kno- the rest of them. I- I've known them all my life. So <laughs> then there's uh, uh, Lisa Allen Hudgens, and she actually, I knew her before I knew her because we played basketball against one another when she lived in the next town over. And she was that annoying little redhead that pestered me on the court. And I didn't know that when she came to play with us, and she was kind of surprised I was so nice because evidently I was mean on the basketball court. But she's a you retired. Are. I am. It's true. It, it is. Yeah, we play. You know, she's a retired principal from the state of Texas, and is enjoying uh, her her second post uh, education life a lot. Uh, we also had um, Suzanne Pate join us. Uh, I'm sorry, Suzanne Pate Bab, and uh, Su- Suzanne and I have been best friends since the second grade. We. Connected on the playground when she, I noticed that once a week, every week, she wore a long skirt, and that was really weird. And I'm like, why do you wear that long skirt? And it was because she had to go to piano lessons after school, and her piano teacher insisted that she wear a long, full-length skirt to piano practice. So that is how I met Suzanne, and we became best friends after that. She is in real estate in southwest Arkansas, and that's how uh, she... And her husband, James, has uh, has some stuff going on, too. Right? Yes, James Babb. He is also a published author. He is in almost every school in Arkansas in uh, middle grade, the middle school years. Um, he does a series of books based on Civil War history, but a fictional account of a young, uh, young man, 11, 12, 13 years old, in that era. Yeah. So there, there's... Um there was very little online about Avon Cemetery 
when I looked, and that's probably because, you know, the Queen's a smaller area, um, you know, and it's probably a local legend. But there was some stuff on there, um, and I think this is a good clip to play because this is actually um, what you run into when you got paranormal investigators out there. <laughs> it's true. Um, this is these guys are using a spirit box and when you use a spirit box, we have one, um, you hear a lot of things. You'll hear voices because what it's doing is it's flipping through radio stations and it's picking up various, uh, pieces of text, you know, verbalizations. And a lot of times people mistake those verbalizations for a reaction on a spirit box. But as you deal with the spirit box more and you use it more and more often, you'll know when you get, something that's not a DJ and I'm going to play this uh, from Avon Cemetery now and let you guys hear it uh, and see what you think. 12.07 a.m. Can you tell us how many people are out here? Video says, did you hear it? Can you tell us how many people are out here? Okay, so that's that's what I wanted to play. Those are DJs they're picking up. Right. <laughs> and, what- and they're they're not realizing they're DJs they're picking up. But when you get a reaction on a spirit box, like just look up a, a couple of them on the internet from, um, you know, a little bit better uh, paranormal teams, you'll actually, it, it completely changed, changes tone and interrupts the broadcast and the static sound too, as well. So it's just an interesting little thing to be, you know, to know your tools in the paranormal, uh, investigation toolbox as you go along. And the spirit box is one that, you know, it's, it's controversial, but I, when I've heard them work, you know, there's a big difference. That's not. Well, what they thought they heard ghost. was way too many. Right. So when he asked the question, how many people are out here? They thought yeah. they heard the spirit box reply way too many. Yeah. And it's three DJs. Well, two DJs. One says way and the other one says too many. Uh, what we will do is just go take care of some business here real quick. If you have a haunting, a, a UFO, a cryptid sighting, anything strange, you know, get together with us. Um, there's a million ways to contact us. Um, but the two ways that we prefer would be through email, which is wikigardenpodcast at gmail.com. And then also we have a three minute hotline. Um, you can leave your information there or you can just tell a story. And, uh, that number is 609-588-3150. And of course, as always, we'd like to thank our patrons who make the show possible. Yes, we do. Patrons are, uh, Lynette, Penny, Georgie, and Marie. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. You make the show happen. This is the the group of girls I grew up with in Dequeen, Arkansas. Uh, we all graduated high school together way back when. We don't have to exactly mention the year. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of the stories that came out of the last reunion that I missed was that the girls were talking to each other, and the girls had a similar story about an event, but they weren't all there together. So if I remember correctly, Sue and Lisa were together, and then Cheryl was with two other friends, right? Actually four, but two from high school. Okay. All right. So, and it all involves some local legend that I don't know. So Cheryl, you agreed to share the legend with us so we could get caught up on the legend side of this. Great. And then we'll go into the stories. Okay. And Sue may need to um, add a little bit or correct me if I'm wrong, but the legend is Avon Cemetery. And it's outside, just outside, I think, the city limits, but um, it's on the way to the lake. So down that road. So this is the Queen, right? uh, Yes, this is the Queen, Arkansas. Okay. And a young girl, apparently, uh, during like way back when, maybe during wartime, uh, had a baby. And she ended up throwing the baby in the well or dropping the baby baby in the well, something. So the legend is if you throw uh, coins in the well at midnight, you'll hear the baby crying. But there's other things around the girl. The girl has been sighted as well. Yes. So, So, yeah. Right. Okay, so I have a question. So when when my friends and I say from the war – 
Especially my grandparents, they usually meant the Civil War. Is that the wartime we were talking about? Sue, do you know? I don't. I'm not sure. I I never heard what time period it was. I just always heard it was way back when. Okay. 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 That's good enough. We can live with way back when. So Avon Cemetery, right right outside of Dequeen, on the way to Dequeen Lake in southwest Arkansas. And the legend is that if you throw something in the well at midnight, then you hear the baby cry or you see the Mm -hmm. girl that threw the baby in the well. All right. So, Sue, you want to share the story? Sue and Lisa, you guys want to tell your story? Lisa, you want to go? You go ahead. I'll add in when you get, because it was freaky. It was freaky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, of course, all my classmates know I love a good scare. I love going out to creepy places, and uh, we live by a cemetery. I grew up playing in the cemetery. We did. We did. Sue and I played in that cemetery all the time. Yes, we would have scavenger hunts that would take us through the cemetery. So I I felt very comfortable, you know, in that kind of environment. But the Avon thing, we, of course, um, it was, uh, I think it was a weekend, Lisa, wasn't it? And we. It was, yes, and so we kind of all ended up uh, kind of, we ended up at Avon Cemetery, and Lisa and I were there with, wasn't it JP? JP, and was Kevin there? I was thinking Kevin was there. There was somebody else that was there, and I think it was Kevin. Okay. I think so. Yeah, and uh, so we get there, and of course we want to go hear the baby in the well. So we walk over there and we didn't hear anything. It was a total, you know, let down. Nothing happened. But then I happened to be looking at the church, the old Avon church that was back behind the well. And when I glanced over there, there was some movement on the second floor at one of the windows that caught my eye. And I saw a hand pulled the curtain back and I couldn't really make out a figure or anything, but the hand I remember seeing very clearly. And I'll, I, I don't know, Lisa, did I holler and grab you or I, <laughs> I think said, look at that. that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the hand dropped the curtain and the curtain was still moving when everybody else turned around and saw it. So, Lisa, did you see the hand? I can't remember. I just, no, I didn't see the hand. When you told me, I looked up there, and I saw the curtain, like, let go. And I thought, well, that's weird. How did that happen? Now, I take it it that this church isn't occupied on the weekends at at night, right? Like, the the, the pastor doesn't live there? No. Okay. No. Actually, the, the church had been abandoned. It had gotten in disrepair, okay. and they had, the congregation had relocated somewhere else, so it was just the empty building. And I had never been in it before, but you can see it from the, you know, if you pull up off into the cemetery, you can see that sitting in the back, and it looked aged and old and had plenty of character to it. So, um, of so course, what I'm, I'm picturing like, in my head is the little white country church. Two-story, though. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Two-story. And so me, I'm like, let's go Let's go see who's in there. Because I thought it was classmates <laughs> pranking us. I thought somebody was pranking us. Right. right. So we made our way over there. Um, we were all hanging on to each other very tightly because even though I thought it might be a prank, you expect that move or that somebody's going to jump out at you. And so uh, whenever we got up, to the church, JP opened the door and the entire second floor had collapsed down to the main floor. So when you open it up, there's all this debris there. And we stuck our heads in there and, and looked up at the top. And I think JP and Kevin had gotten flashlights. Um, I, I think so. But there was absolutely nothing on that second level that you could stand mm-hmm. on or be on. Nope. So the whole nope. second level floor was in the first floor? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. There, there wasn't even a stairway left going up there. It wow. there was just a few broken. No that could have moved that curtain. Nothing. No nothing. breeze. Was the window open? That, 
I don't I, think so. I, I don't, don't remember it being dusted out. Okay. I, I don't need it. I think it was I think it was closed. I think it was too because I, I think I would have seen a figure more clearly if there had been somebody behind the you know, behind right. the right. curtain if there, if there was no window. Right. Uh, my recollection recollection was that the windows were still there. Yeah. Okay. I think so too. And that, that curtain was physically there when you guys yes. went in. Okay. Okay. Yes. It it was kind of, you know, tattered a little bit, but right. it was still there and there were curtains on other windows. The thing that struck me about that whenever I got to thinking about it later was that was the only curtain that moved. There was no other there was nothing else moving in the other windows up there. Wow. Wow, that's really creepy. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't hang around very long after that. Uh, hightail it out of there. <laughs> that even creeped me out. <laughs> it takes yeah. a lot to get her. We used to throw Halloween parties in the cemetery down the street from her house. We would like yeah. take the whole party to the cemetery. Right. <laughs> and then her parents were awesome and would ride the horses through the woods and fire up the chainsaws. And right. it was it was a ton of fun. So so. scare easily. No, no, oh, Suzanne yeah. does not scare easily. So for her to be scared means it was really creepy. So wh- when was that, Suzanne? What, oh, about Lord, what you're asking me to date myself now. Um, that was in well, 19... When you were, what year of high school were you in when that happened? 84. When they, it would have been our school? senior year because I came yeah. our junior year. So I think it would have been our senior year, that fall maybe. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think so it was. the fall of '83. And just so when this comes <laughs> out, I did not date you. You dated yourself. Because <laughs> yeah, you said '84. I'll own it. That's okay. We'll all, we'll all proudly own that. Well, I was just I was just interested because you know now we're going to have Cheryl tell her story, but you guys, your story came first, right? In chronological order? I think Cheryl's did. Cheryl was telling us before Cheryl, we got yeah. on that it was 1983. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, Cheryl, you, you want to tell your story? Sure. Sure. So, I knew about Avon Cemetery because of my brothers. Uh, my brothers were four years apart in age, and they had liked to take girls out there and park by the well, and there were tree limbs going over the little dirt road, and uh, they would set it up, and one of the boys, like, we'll say my brother Gene was driving the girls out there. My brother John was already there and up on a limb above okay. the, right. the road. They would stop <laughs> all to get girls to cling to them, and they'll, oh, save me. Um, right. So <laughs> they would do that, and then, you know, at the they would give us, my brother would give a sign or something, and then my other brother would drop onto the hood of the car or the top of the car and scare the living daylights out of the girls. And, you know, it would be a big thing and get to smooch on. So, so this is how I got the idea of pranking. Now, Sue said, you know, she suspected a prank. Ours was an actual legitimate prank that backfired horribly. (laughs) So I was being a boy. I was dating a boy named Roger and his best friend, Lonnie who was very gullible and would do anything Roger told him to do. So we decided to use him to do the kind of boring part. So we went out before the sun went down and we had Lonnie go into the church. Now we went in with him just to get him set up. He had his big old boom box. He had his cassette tapes, you know, Def Leppard, Van Halen, all that. So he was just jam out uh, until we got there later. But we went inside and I, so I already knew that there was no second floor because when we went in, it's like a shell of a building, literally a shell. You go in the door and there's rubble, there's big chunks of concrete, you know, all kinds of wood. Uh, I think they had demoed it uh, and they had knocked the floors down or maybe they fell. I don't know. I don't remember curtains, but that doesn't mean they weren't there. I just don't remember part but I do remember looking up and seeing you know all the second story windows and you know they were way up there because the floor is missing and then all the and then all the ground floor windows and we were just kind of looking around climbing on the rubble a little bit then it was time to go get my two friends Brenda and Cynthia because they were going to be the victims of our prank (laughs) 
And what we were going to do is you know, anything for a thrill. You know, it's right. the queen. Yeah. Yeah, what else right. are you going to do? <laughs> a lot. It was yeah, almost was like spot. growing up with the coronavirus, right? You just didn't leave the confines <laughs> of the <laughs> <laughs> Almost. You, you know, you can only cruise Sonic so many times. Right? It's like, okay. Yep. Um, so we went after dark. We left him out there. And I, there was going to be some kind of signal. I want to say the signal was probably a horn honk or something like that. Uh, maybe a light flashing. I don't remember exactly. Uh, but we got the girls. And what was supposed to happen is Lonnie was supposed to come running out. Wah! You know, like a crazy right, person. Right. Out of the building and scare them to death just for fun. Because, you know, that's the kind of friend I was. You know, I just <laughs> like, <laughs> take 10 years off of your life. It's no big deal. Yeah, we can all relate um, to that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got out there and, uh, you know, we're talking and we're just trying to creep everybody out. And then, uh, so Roger's driving my car. The two girls are in the back. Um, and I'm in the passenger side. And so Roger does the signal, whatever the signal was, and no money. And then we're waiting, we're waiting, and that, we're both getting kind of antsy because it's like, I wonder, you know, we knew it was spooky out there. I wonder right. if something happened. He probably fell asleep. You know, and that was like, that so-and-so fell asleep. He ruined everything, you know. Right. Um, but uh, finally, we're like getting out. I think it was both Roger and myself got out to go, you know, see what was going on. And he did, as we approached the building, he came running out terrified, terrified. I mean, he was just white as a ghost and he wouldn't talk. He was just get out of here, get out of here. And so we all ran back to the car. Um, he kind of, I got in, he kind of came in through a window. Roger got behind the wheel of the car and then he turned the lights on. And as soon as he turned the lights on, it shone on the building, on the face of the building. And up on the second floor in the window was a figure. And I don't remember if the girl saw it, but Roger saw it and I saw it for sure. And I saw her in great detail. She was standing there. She had very straight, uh, kind of slick, white platinum blonde hair. She was very pale. She was very, very young. I would say 14, 15 years old. Oh, wow. Uh, slender, like extremely slender. And she was wearing something white. Now you would think, you know, maybe all that white, all that platinum, everything is just kind of, you know, you just saw a shape, but you could tell the hair from the face, the features of the face and the clothing because it was just really obvious. And she was just looking out with a sad, sad look on her face. She didn't move, but she was there. And as soon as he, as soon as the lights hit her and he saw her, he spun out. I mean, he couldn't get out of there fast enough. Right. We're screaming. Lonnie's hanging halfway out the window still as we're <laughs> down this dirt road. We get back into town. I mean, Roger didn't stop until we got to some convenience store. And he refused to talk about it. He absolutely would not talk about it. And we never, ever, ever went back out there again. Oh, how funny. But it was like, yeah, but it was the same girl that so she saw. he never told you what happened to get him to running, get running out of the uh, church? No, he wouldn't talk about it. Neither one of the boys would talk about it because, you know, they're guys. They're, you know? Wow. <laughs> I'm wow. not scared. I'm scared, but I'm not scared. I'm terrified know? and I'm running away, but I'm not scared. <laughs> Yeah, something happened, but he would not tell us what. And neither neither of the guys would ever speak about it. Wow! wow. Now we got to try to got to try to we got to track guy. down we got to track down Lonnie and Roger. Wow! You have now you Lonnie. now put him on a chase. He will find Lonnie okay. and Roger. Absolutely. So now the most yeah, uh, most important part about this story is that you guys didn't even know these things happened to you. No. Until you no. go to a reunion. Yeah. In October. Yep. Yeah. That's right. I don't know. It was December. The December, October. It was October. Uh, this last year. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just chatting and I, I just, I had goosebumps head to toe, head to toe. Yep. Wow. And I never doubted that I saw what I saw because I mean, there was no doubt at all. I, yeah. But I that vindication, man. 
Yeah. Hearing yeah. her tell the same story was terrifying to me. It was like, oh no. <laughs> so the story hey, of the I cemetery wanted, is. I wanted to go back out to the cemetery after the reunion, but there were no tables. Nobody would go. <laughs> <She did>. No. <laughs> Now, it, is, is the church still there? No. Okay. Okay. No, they demolished the church. It completely caved in and they cleaned it up now. So there's no trace of the church anymore. Okay. Is the well still there? Okay. I don't think so. I didn't see it. Um, All right. So you, you have an assignment well. now. You have to go see if the well's still there. <laughs> All right. You're the closest, right? So all the rest of us are far away. So I can do that. Well, you guys went out, you know, for one legend, uh, you know, and wind up running into this thing with the church. I'm wondering if there's a, you know, any story to the church. I don't know. You know, or do you guys feel that maybe this was the girl? I, I always, I wonder just because the stories are so similar and with the car, I just wonder if it was, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I get chills just sitting here thinking about it still. Yeah. It's interesting <laughs> because we have, um, you know, we did a, a show on the Abseekin lighthouse and you know, it's right over here in Atlantic city and it's extremely haunted. We were there. We had stuff happen to us just recently, you know, over Halloween and nobody's ever died in the in the lighthouse nobody you know there's never been a tragedy or anything along those lines but it just seems but there's been plenty of tragedies at the foot of the lighthouse a lot of a lot of you know ships train, that crashed train and wrecks, listen to me yeah shipwrecks. shipwrecks and all that kind of stuff but you know there's there really is no explanation as to why this stuff would be going on in a lighthouse and it makes me wonder like that he just go to the closest structure hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If they get attached. Yeah. I, always, I always felt like because that story about the baby in the well started from somewhere right. that, I mean, where did, I don't know where it started at what point that in the timeline that people started talking about that baby in the well. Uh, but I knew that growing up here in Dequan, I always heard that even whenever I was younger, but I feel like, that hand that I saw in the window was a slender hand. And whenever Cheryl started describing a young girl, I thought that that fit, you know, that slender pale hand that was pulling the curtain back. Right. And, yeah. it, and when she was telling it a while ago, I got chills all over again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. You guys made me remember a story from my childhood telling me that story that I, I think I had related this to you. I think one other time, but I've, I've never actually told it on the air, but I'll tell it now. We had a church very similar in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And it, you know, we used to play baseball in the yard because it was a perfect L shaped church. So it was great. You could just play in the corner of the yard. And if, you know, the, the ball went up on the roof, it was a home run. If it hit the second level, it was a double, that kind of thing. So we would play baseball there a lot. And this church was empty and abandoned when I was growing up and I'm the same age as you guys. Um, so this would have been probably when we were about maybe 11 or 12 years old and on the back street behind the church and there's row homes, literally like 15 feet away, there was a, a, a back door to the church. So we were walking by it one day, myself and Mark Rispo, I'll call him straight out and hopefully he'll remember it. But we were walking by and I tried the door and luckily the door, you know, like unluckily actually, but the door opened up. <laughs> So the door that was on at the back of the church, and this is a big church. It's a big L-shaped church. I would say it was probably like 200 feet one way and maybe 75 feet the other way. So, you know, we went in and that staircase took you immediately to the basement. So we go in and we go down the staircase and we go to the basement. And then off to the left was a staircase that went up. And it was actually a school and a church. So the part we were in was the school, but we climbed those stairs. We were trying to get to the bell to see if, you know, we could get bell over tower. to the bell. Yeah. We climbed those stairs and the stairs were in really horrible shape, but we made it up and we actually wound up in what would have been the rectory, which is basically where, you know, like the priests would have stayed. It was like a little apartment at the top floor. So we went in um, and we got into the room and the, there was beautiful furniture in the room. Absolutely gorgeous antiques. You would have went crazy. You would have loved it. And 
the table was set for like 10 people with this beautiful silver, all this other good stuff. And we just, I, I just thought it was really crazy. Like it was really and this odd. Abandoned church. And this abandoned, abandoned church, abandoned everything is set years. and everything's up on a table. So we left and, you know, cause we kind of got creeped out by that and we left and we went out and we went, you know, we did what 10, 11 year old boys do to go do something else. And about a week later, and one of us, Mark would have lived really close to the church. He would have been able to see if anything was going on. About a week later, we went back over, tried the door again, and it was open. We went down into the basement. We went back up those staircase, the staircase to that apartment. And that apartment was completely empty of furniture. Oh, one wow. week later, and it was an abandoned church. Oh, my word. So I don't know if it was wow. a time slip what it was, what we walked into, but I'll never forget that feeling when we got up there to that apartment and we looked in and there was no furniture, let alone a table set. Table set. So just to, isn't that crazy? He's told me this story before. Did I ever tell you that one? You did. You told me that story, but just, I I need to clarify for these ladies about something. Because when we talk about abandoned churches and cemeteries, they are like 12 miles from town, yeah. surrounded by woods. Right. <laughs> and there's a little frame structure in, in the middle of, you know, the cemetery plot. Yeah, this is on a city block. And what he's talking about with an abandoned church is inner city, row homes, buildings right on top of each other. So, I mean, seriously, if something's moving in or out of that church and you live across the street, you're 20 feet away. Not only that, the, <laughs> right? whole, the whole neighborhood yeah. phone chain starts. Yeah, hey, they- you know, they're, they're moving all the furniture out of the old church and all that other good stuff. Everybody yeah. in the world would have been aware that something was going on at that church. Yeah. So it was a, it's a slightly different, there's not a tree to be seen, right? And it's all concrete and brick and stone and, so in in large, these churches were yeah, huge, yeah. right? Think First Baptist Church, and then yeah. that had a school attached to it, yeah. right? And, and right in the middle wow. of the city structure. So the concept of that being emptied out a week later and nobody knowing it—that's just nobody not, in the neighborhood knowing about it. Didn't happen. Didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I think it was a time. <laughs> no. I think they they entered into time somewhere that. A different dimension. It could have been because nothing could else been a makes bit sense. Of a time slip. You know who oh, knows? Wow. Yeah. But yeah, you guys well, literally talking about your story got yeah. me to remember that. I think that's I, I great. Tell you before you right? have told me about right. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, crazy stuff. Well, ladies, thank you very much for joining well, us tonight. What do you guys feel that it? You know, it was a ghost that you saw. All three of you. Oh, I do. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I there was something there. There, there. Yeah, I mean it, it kind of defies logic. There was no second floor, but I know without a doubt that I saw a hand pull the curtain back and drop it, and then the people that were around me saw the curtain moving. So, you know, I have no doubt that yeah. something. So just just happened. Just for my own, uh, you know, because I, I like to kind of find out you know, what else is happening with people? Because I've, I personally believe because of so many weird things that's happened to me and Cheryl was talking about how much stuff's happened to her. It, once you see one thing, it gets easier to see another. So first question, did you guys ever go back out to that church again? Not to the I church part. <laughs> okay. I think not Lisa. The, yeah, not the church part, but back to the cemetery. Yeah. Okay. 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 And it was, it was unnerving enough that I did not want to okay. experience that again. Right, right. <laughs> so how about personal experiences with each year? Like, I guess we'll take Lisa first. Do you, have you had any other stuff happen to you, Lisa, during, you know, in your lifetime? Yeah, you, know, you don't have to describe them, but I'm just interested to see if you have like a proclivity towards seeing that kind of stuff. I can really think of two other things that I look back and go, Oh my! Right. You know what's that? So probably a couple of times, yeah. Okay. How about you, Sue? Oh yeah, I mean that was kind of the first thing that what, just that totally. House. You need yeah. to tell him about that house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So oh, do you know? 
Yeah, I know, I know. Real real quick, though, before you guys go through that story. So what I'm getting from you guys is really that was the first thing that happened to you in your lives. Is that fair to say? For me, yeah. It was for me, too. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. It was the first thing that I absolutely was positive had no logical explanation. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had felt things before, but I had never seen anything. See, that's I, I, yeah. I'm, real sensitive. I'm very sensitive to like when something's off, right. I have a I have a physical reaction to it. Yeah. So if I walk in a house and there's some kind of weird energy in it or, you know, some residual something, I have a physical reaction that is the same every single time. But that is the first time I ever saw anything. Yeah, it's it's my theory that as you go along, it gets easier to see this type of stuff, and I, not because you're crazy, but because you're more open to it, and it's more yeah, open. It's it, it's more open to communicating with you. You know, that's my personal theory. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. yeah, he's being serious, but the idea that we're not crazy is what's cracking all of us up. So. Yeah, <laughs> define so, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll do the house story quick. Yeah, right. We can't leave, can't leave the audience hanging on. You got to tell him about that house. Yeah, you got to hear this. Yes. <laughs> well, after uh, my husband and I moved back down to Dequeen, we, uh, um, I met my husband in Conway, and we got married and had a couple of kids, came back home, and the kids were probably, let's see, Bailey was probably six, so Taylor was four. Uh, the first thing that happened was that uh, we bought this little house. It, we made a verbal agreement over the phone before we moved from Conway with a lady that had been a family friend for years. And then three days after we made the agreement, she passed away in the house. Oof. So it didn't bother me. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> People it didn't not. bother me. That didn't bother <laughs> me. I knew her, you know. Right. <laughs> so um, we renovated the house and got settled in it. And we'd been there probably, I'd say about six months, maybe a little longer. And uh, the kids had after-school activities. My oldest one did anyway. You know, we were um, coming back from something. My husband wasn't home yet. We pulled in into the drive. And I told the kids, go on in the house because they, you know, they had their chores that they needed to do. And I was going to water the plants outside. And we have a big picture window that faces the yard where I was watering. And I see two little heads sitting on the couch. And I thought, okay, they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So I opened up the door. All the lights are still out. They have not turned the lights on. And they're sitting there holding each other very quietly, which was highly unusual, <laughs> as they were on the couch. And I said, what are y'all doing? And Bailey said, Mama, we hear footsteps, uh, footsteps upstairs. And so I said, get out. <laughs> let's get out of the house. Come on, let's get in the car. So I called my husband and I said, there's somebody in the house upstairs. And so he comes home. Of course, he goes in. There's nothing there. He searches the house thoroughly. I join him. We leave the kids outside and check all the closets and under the bed and all that good stuff. And there was nobody there. So. I thought, well, it's an older home. Maybe it's settling. They heard creaking, and right. it just kind of blew up. Okay. So um, sometime later, we were all sitting at the dinner table, and the stairs that go upstairs, uh, the stairway, was right there coming off the dining area. And the light was on, and then all of a sudden it went off. And so, you know, we're like, huh, that's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little while later, the lights came back on. So my husband's very handy with electrical stuff and, you know, house construction and things like that. So he figured there was a short somewhere. Uh, so he checked everything. Everything was fine. And then um, probably about a week later, it happened again when we were all gathered together in the dining room. And the light flicked off. And... <laughs> I went over there and turned it back on. (laughs) And then a little bit later, it went off again. So it kind of got to be a little bit of a joke. 
Uh, and it continued to kind of be a, a joke until the entire light fixture, uh, the globe, not the fixture, I'm sorry, not the entire fixture, but just the globe one evening, and always at dinner time, sitting there, and this globe comes off and crashes on the stairwell. Holy jeez. <laughs> so uh, that's whenever I first thought, well, this is really kind of weird. But, you know, still, the logical part of me is going, okay, there's a short in the fixture, the um, Screw little knob not yeah. yeah, something, something happened. <laughs> so... Uh, so time passed. Um, I can't even remember what the time span was, maybe two or three months, four or five months. I don't know. But James's, my husband's cousin, came to stay with us for a little while. And he uh, got home before us one evening, and we come home, and there's one little light on the um, table by the couch that's on, and we could see his head, and he's sitting on the floor. And I thought, well, he's watching TV. We open up the door, and he's sitting on the floor, and he has one of my husband's old guns that does not work. It has no bullets. The cartridge won't even stand, and it's laying there on the little table. And we're like, what are you doing? And he's playing solitaire very carefully, watching the house, and he's playing cards. And he goes, I hear footsteps upstairs. And I got chills, and I said, what do you mean footsteps? And he said, they started over here, and they went all the way over here. Oh. And I said, so why are you sitting here? And he said, <laughs> well, then they went back over there. <laughs> and I'm like, get out of the house. <laughs> So he was terrified. He, but it was one of those deals where he thought his mind was playing tricks. But he, he kept swearing those are definite footsteps. And I'm like, then why are you staying in the house? Oh, so oh, we searched, searched the house, and uh, once again, there's no explanation for it. Oh, and by the way, the light had started coming back off and on again. Oh, oh that's so crazy. So. Um, <laughs> the next really, there's a lot of other little bitty odd things that happened that you could explain away. But the really unusual thing that happened was that uh, the kids and James and I had bedrooms upstairs. And our spare bedroom, our guest bedroom was downstairs and that was where Greg was staying. And we got up one morning to get the kids ready, you know, get, the, uh, get them ready to go to school. And we go downstairs and he's sitting at the dinner table, and he's got a bowl of cereal that he hasn't touched. It's all soggy, and he's sitting there staring at the other part of the house. And then he looks at us very accusingly, and he said, well, I could have been murdered during the night, and y'all wouldn't have done a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, right? He said, there was somebody in my room, and... I just kind of took took a step back, and I'm thinking, okay, did he go, was he out drinking last night? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> he said that he came home about midnight, and he went in there, and he got in bed, and he turned the light out, and he fell asleep. And then he woke up sometime in the early morning, and he said he felt like there was somebody in the room with him. And to turn the light switch on, he would have had to have gotten out of bed and gone to the other side of the room. Right. And the windows had enough out. We had an outside security light. There was enough light coming through the windows that he could see this vague figure standing in the doorway. And he was dressed all in khaki clothes. And he said he was wearing a hat that was kind of a khaki brown. And it was a weird shaped hat. And he sat up in bed, and he said he scooched all the way back up against the headboard and said, get out. <laughs> and this figure, <laughs> this man, came into the room and started coming down beside the edge of the bed. Well, he oh. leaped out of the other side of the bed and <laughs> was trying to make a break for the door, and he turned back and looked, and the figure got to the closet and then turned and went into it, but the door was closed. He just faded into the door. Faded in. Wow. And so 
I mean, James and I are still thinking he's had a late night, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little trip to the Oklahoma line. Yeah, some, <laughs> something, uh, something, maybe he just had a bad dream. We don't know. But he's, he swore he screamed. But we sleep with a fan on upstairs. We didn't hear a thing. So he was very obviously shaken up about that. I mean, he was visibly upset, even to the point of angry that he could have been killed and nobody would have <laughs> So uh, we just kind of, you know, we kind of just said, okay, that's weird, and went on about life. And, oh, it was many months later, uh, James's mom came to stay with us. And we'd not told anybody about this because we right. thought this was you know, yeah. <laughs> just kind of yeah. weird. So we hadn't told anybody. We hadn't even told anybody else in the family. Not if you don't, if you, so, if you, you would tell the people you don't want to visit, that's for sure. But yeah, right? <laughs> if you want people to come over and visit you, you're not going to tell this tell story. Tell them that they're khaki man in the bedroom. Yes, I've had many people, once they've heard the story, say, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but the second part to that is that when James's mom came down a long time after this, um, she came for a visit. Greg had uh, left for the weekend to go to Jonesboro uh, to see one, a girlfriend. And we told his mom that when she came in, you know, Greg's not here this weekend. So she stayed in that room. And, and it was so funny. The next morning, whenever we came down for breakfast, we're all sitting at the table. Somehow our, table, our dining area is always the gathering place for weird things to be talked about. Uh, but she said, well, you know, Greg came home last night, but I didn't see his truck out there this morning. And I said, no, Greg's in Jonesboro. He's not coming back till Monday. And she said, no, he came back last night because he came into the room and came to get some clothes out of the closet. Oh. And James and I just looked at each other. <laughs> and he said, mom, Greg's not here. So she she had to get up and actually go look because she had to convince herself that Greg was not there. And when she came back, she looked really flustered. And she said, last night I had fallen asleep and I heard something woke me up and I heard somebody or felt somebody come into the room. You know, the door was cracked. So she thought he just pushed the door open right. and she looked and she saw what she thought was Greg coming into the bedroom and she just rolled over away from, you know, her back to him. Wow. And, uh, she said she heard him come down or felt him come down beside the bed and he went to the closet and then she fell asleep and she said, I don't even remember him leaving. <laughs> well, it's cause he went through <laughs> the closet. Wow. I, mean, <laughs> I said, Man. so what, did you see what he was wearing? Because now I'm starting to be a little bit clued in about, right. you know, this is maybe Greg wasn't having a bad dream. And she said, well, he was wearing brown. He was wearing brown clothes, like a brown shirt, you know, and pants. And she said, I don't really remember a lot. But I said, so was it like a khaki brown? And she said, yeah, you know, I, I think it was. How about that? <clears throat> so that that's the two sightings of khaki man in our house. We just got <laughs> khaki man. Flannel man has nothing on us. <laughs> so that was, the, those were the only two times that we know that anybody actually saw khaki man. He wears a hat. It was some odd shaped hat, something that was not uh, modern. Greg didn't think it was like modern clothes. It was like a, a long sleeve shirt and his pants were kind of like trousers yeah. is right. what he remembered. So, um, you know, that's always been a little bit of mystery or the origins of khaki man. Um, and then my oldest daughter would have dreams or not dreams. She would wake up and she would be terrified that, uh, she would say somebody is outside on the roof, the outside the windows because the upstairs windows overlooked another section of the house. Right. And uh, she would talk about these eyes that she would see. And, you know, we just at the time just convinced her, okay, you're just having a bad dream. But she consistently had this dream or this, what she would talk about um, for years, you know, the, the years that we lived there. So we know 
there were some odd things that went on. There were some other little things that kind of tied into it. But the khaki man, once again, it was like the um, hand in the window. There was no logical explanation for that. The other stuff can kind of explain away, except for the footsteps. Those were heard by many times by other people. So, um, yeah. Khaki Man. Wow. Horatio, Arkansas. Horatio, Arkansas. Horatio, Arkansas. We have a claim to fame. Khaki Man. How about I told that? you, Mike. I told you you'd like it. Yeah. 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 Great story, man. Great story. Appreciate you guys sharing it tonight. I really do. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great to catch up. I appreciate the stories. And uh, anything else you want to share with the listeners before we sign off? I'll take no, silence as a no. <laughs> So we're thank you. This was fun, guys. Thank this you. Was, yeah, this just, was a lot of fun. Hey, I'm Matt DeSanto. I'm famous. Google me. Anyway, when I'm not busy racking up prizes on Wheel of Fortune, I'm listening to Wicked Garden Podcast. Yeah, it was good. It was an interesting subject from your hometown. And mm-hmm. the girls were great. They were great. It was Zoom awesome to see them. Great. Yeah, and I think I it's really given us Zoom. an idea to potentially use Zoom for almost all of our podcasts and start to video them and maybe go out and venture onto that YouTube channel. Yeah. If there's anybody out there who, um, would can give any consideration to becoming like a, um, either a part-time host with me when Tracy can't be around, uh, if you have some interest in this subject and if you've got any technical ability to help us get the show on YouTube, cause we're still stuck on that. There's a couple people that were going to help me. One guy who we used to play a lot of commercials for, and I can't ever get him to give me a hand, so I don't play his commercials anymore. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're looking to get out on YouTube to get the show uh, out there because we're preparing to go a little bit bigger with the video part of what we do here. Um, so there's an opening uh, unpaid right now <laughs> for somebody to get in with us. Um, but we have some ideas to, you know, monetize the show down the line. I'm not really worried about monetizing it now, but it's a real good opportunity for somebody young who's technically has the technical ability to help us out with things like zoom cameras and, uh, you know, it's converting files and, you know, also, being a host on occasion. Right. And so. we also have a couple of things coming up that we could really utilize that skill set for an right. overnight, assuming COVID-19 doesn't keep us locked in the house for months on end. Yeah. May 29th, we're scheduled to go visit Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia. We're already booked in and we're hoping that that still stays and we're going to be using some video that night uh, and it's going to be a great place to investigate so that's going to be really good we have another one that i think is going to wind up getting postponed till later on where we were going to go back to Carranza memorial and then also do a little bit of bigfoot bigfooting that night that's going to probably get rescheduled but there are some things we're working on down the line too um that are going to you know we're going to be posting more videos to facebook we're going to be posting more uh, video content to YouTube, and it's a real good time for somebody that's got that skill set to get. Because we don't, we barely have this audio thing going. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and it's all self-taught. I'm. I started a new job. Uh, Tracy's day job has been. They're heaping more and more on her. I'm also learning the guitar. He is. <laughs> it's been a nice little so, pleasant break in our. I room. don't want to also learn how to convert files and do all that good stuff. I will if I have to, but if there's anybody out there that has that skill set, it'd be great uh, if you could help us out and there's room on the show for another host anyway. So now that we've got this Zoom thing, and Zoom sounded great. It did sound great. It sounded great. It looked awesome. So I have Way better than Skype. Agreed. I hate Skype. I know you do. Well, it's just terrible. It's terrible. It delays. It sounds like sounds like 1970s TV when I used to have a guest and, you know, it'd be like that satellite delay of like 25 seconds. (laughs) It just is, is, it's a terrible tool. It is not the best tool, but Zoom is a really good tool. And uh, no, we're not paid to say that. This is actually truly from experience and nothing more. We're going to pay for Zoom too. Yeah, right. We do. We pay for Zoom. (laughs) Uh, There is a free version, which we've been using, but the paid version gives us a little bit more time and flexibility and tools. So I think we're probably going to spring for it here soon. 
We also have coming up some episodes, more episodes on our other podcast. Yeah, Beyond the Garden Gate's got another one coming out, and it's going to be really good. Uh, we're going to do, uh, we've got a guest coming on that I think will probably blow people away with what he has to say. Uh, we're going to get that edited, get that uh, put out sometime in the next week. And then I think we're going to repackage that show and put it on its own feed uh, with its own artwork and re-release it. Uh, and kind of go from there. We're going to try to catch up with a couple more guests this week, and I'm going to try to include them in that show. So <laughs> I kind of got to get them nailed down. Um, and it, I have a way of doing that, but it takes me a little bit of uh, time to get it done. So we've got that coming out. We've got a couple other uh, regular Wicked Garden podcasts coming out. We've got some really good guests coming on. Um, Alex was a great guest, our last guest, and we've got a couple more. Uh, one of them is going to be on the show Paranormal 911. Uh, so we've got her coming on. Another person is a guest that was involved in the whole UFO Rendlesham incident, which is great. Uh, so that's going to be on. It's Rendlesham is a fantastic uh, UFO sighting. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And I hope everybody's dealing well with the COVID-19. Yes, um, stay safe, wash your hands, don't touch your face. So this is Wicked Garden Podcast, uh, episode 24, Avon Cemetery. Everybody have a great night. Everybody have a good night.